Welcome to The Tech That Connects Us, a podcast dedicated to the stories of leaders in the technology industries that bring us closer together, specifically content and media, satellite and news space, connectivity and cybersecurity. Your hosts are me, John Clifton, Laurie Scott and Will Trenchard, the founders of Nuco, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm focused on these exact industries. We love being a part of them and we're excited to share these stories with you. Welcome to the Tech That Connects Us. Your hosts today are me, Dan Jeffrey, alongside Alistair Wilson, consultants here at Nuco. And we're delighted today to be joined by Gillian Kaplan. Gillian started her career as a network engineer before moving to product and marketing and is now head of global telecom thought leadership at Dell Technologies. Welcome to the show, Gillian. Thanks for having me. To get the story started, we'd like to go back to the beginning. How and why did you get into the telecommunications industry? Um, it's, a, I guess, a really simple story. I was graduating from college. I was sort of a broke college kid looking for my first job. And at the time, Verizon um, was coming to campus. I went to an engineering school. So a lot of the, the companies that came were very heavily technology focused. And I had a really good conversation with them. It was 2004. So it was the year that they launched Fios, which was a big change from copper to fiber. And I was really just excited about the new technology, a way to get my foot in the door at a large corporation and learn about something new and exciting. And that's sort of why I, I started. I didn't make a conscious decision. Like I was like, oh, I'd love to get into telecommunications. But um, it was that it was just sort of like presented to me. And I was like, this is a great starting point for me. And then I won't be a broke college student anymore. Right. Fantastic. Cheers for giving that breakdown and kind of introducing the podcast, Dan. Um, so Gillian, um, kind of wanted to perhaps go into the past a little bit. Um, so one question I had was, what or who has been the biggest influence on you during your career? Ah, oh, the biggest influence on my career. Um, I would say for me, it hasn't been any particular um, person per se, it's been like a compilation of taking advice from many different people, even people that maybe weren't the best managers in the world. I've been able to take bits and pieces of advice and sort of form my own path. And I will say like for the first 14-ish years of my career, I wasn't really sure what I wanted. I didn't share what I wanted. But the biggest shift for me and the biggest influence for me was when I decided to break away from not sharing what I wanted, make sure that I was very vocal about what I was looking for in my career, wrote things down, committed to them, set up action plans. Because before that, I thought like, if I just do a really good job, I'll get where I want to get. But newsflash, your manager is not a mind reader, um, even if they're the best manager in the world. So if you don't share what you want, you're not going to get there. Not definitely not, but probably not, right? When you start sharing what you want, that was the biggest game changer for me and the biggest influence in my career was learning how to share what I was looking for and develop an action plan to get there. Fantastic. And throughout your career, what, what do you think or what would you say that you're most proud of? Most proud of? Um, I'd say overall, like my biggest accomplishment is being what I consider a very successful working mother. Being a working mom is not easy. Um, and I had a career shift when my daughter was very young, um, I went from working at Verizon for, for a very long time to coming to Dell Technologies. 
And having made that shift and being successful at it was really important to me. And I remember like last Mother's Day, I want to say my daughter did an activity at school where she wrote down what my job was and she wrote taking care of me. So she doesn't see me as like in front of the computer all the time or working all the time. She sees me as being present with her when she's here and taking care of her. And that to me is a huge accomplishment. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I suppose something less related to your own career, but perhaps more the industry. Um, what sort of technologies would you say perhaps got missed? Anything that kind of arrived and didn't quite get picked up on or come to fruition? Uh I don't think any, I I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I feel like it's been missed per se, but, um, you know, these technologies in telecommunications, telecommunications is a slower moving industry just by what it is. Right. So the, when I look at the transition from like copper to fiber, it reminds me of a little bit what we're going through with 4G to 5G, obviously one's wired and one is wireless, but these all new architectures and these all new transitions take longer, I think, than anticipated. And the ROI is not instantaneous. So the investments in the network are really important. And it's really important that telecommunications companies and communication service providers have the foresight to understand that investments now will help them build later. Like I remember when we were going from the transition from copper to fiber and people were like, this is, you know, we've been doing copper for, I don't know, 100 years, right, yeah. plus. And people are like, oh, this is a lot, this is a lot, this is overwhelming. Of course it is, and it's expensive. But if we, if if that transition wasn't made, you know, 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago now, um, it would be very hard for those companies to be sustainable today. So I, I wouldn't say it's about missing. It's just about making sure these big transitions happen because, sometimes it's hard to see where the monetization and the fruition is going to come right away when you're investing so much in the beginning. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Great. Um, so now, you know, we've heard a little bit about your past, Gillian. Um, I'm going to pass you back over to Dan to perhaps talk a little bit more about the present. Brilliant. Thanks, Alistair. Um, Gillian, how do you see the current state of the market at the moment? So I think that, you know, the focus is a lot on 5G, obviously. And I think that as we look at 5G, we need to make sure we're looking at the technologies that build 5G, like the core and RAN, which there's a shift to open RAN, um, the, the foundation, right? The foundation of what we're building, the edge, extremely important. Um, and for, for Dell Technologies, we have... Um, hardware that's very focused on edge use cases and telecommunications use cases, which is extremely important. For, you know, the state of the market, I think the focus is on making sure that the investments that are made can be monetized, right? And and enterprise use cases and helping CSPs understand how they can monetize the investments they're making today. I think open is extremely important. We've got to build like an open open network, which is something we're really focused on at Dell, being open, extremely important. Partnering with with communication service providers instead of just selling to them. So openness doesn't just mean your typical partners, but it means people that, it means telecommunications companies as well and communication service providers as well, because going to an enterprise market is different than going to, you know, a a consumer market. So that's the biggest shift I would see is big trend towards open um, and making sure that things are happening 
as, as partnerships and not just as like sell to. Yeah, super, super. Uh, and who do you think are doing it right at the moment? So the, who, who's capitalizing the most in those areas? In, in the openness and the partnerships, I think that honestly, so at Dell, we're building something called the Open Telecom Ecosystem Lab. So we are building a physical lab, which will launch at the end of this year um, in Round Rock at our headquarters, open virtually right now. So that's something that we're really focused on is this openness and this open network and, and making sure that especially smaller communication service providers that may not have the ability to test this stuff are, are able to test it. And really anyone that we're partnering with um, that that is keeping that open network is extremely important as well. It's gotta be about, you know, collaboration when I look at, you know, um, the tip, right? Like, like all the different telecom councils and being a part of that, all those companies, it's extremely important that we kind of come together as an industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and in terms of, or you mentioned a couple there with enterprise use cases, kind of being open and, and building an open um, network. Um, what sort of opportunities do you see um, out there from that? Or, or what kind of benefits do you think um, will, will come from that? Yeah. Um, so when we look at sort of like vertical use cases, manufacturing is going to be huge. Um, we see healthcare as well. Um, we, we also see retail and I'm going to throw out an unpopular opinion right now. I know a lot of people say like, oh, 5G is all about the enterprise and, and consumers overhyped. I don't actually think that. Um, when I think back to four, you know, there are no apps that need 5G to run on your phone today, but, but when 4G launched, that was also the case, right? There were no apps that needed 4G to run, but then as 4G got built, things, apps got built, like things like Uber and Instagram stories and all sorts of different map applications, right? That now need for, you can't run them on a 3G, 3G device. So um, while there are no 5G apps today, I think that there are going to be 5G apps built and it's not overhyped. And it's really important that the consumers get on a 5G network so that they're ready when this stuff is built. Because there's going to be things that come into the enterprise. I see retail as a huge opportunity, people that want to shop from their phone, in the store, at home, wherever they are, being able to have that immersive experience and create something super custom for what the customer wants is going to require a 5G application. Um, maybe things in VR on your phone. I, I mean, I don't know, but the possibilities, possibilities are endless. So I would say a lot of those different verticals are applicable. Autonomous vehicles is obviously a hot topic, but it's not happening tomorrow. Um, so it's really important that we start to build out, you know, understanding like maybe like smaller pockets of vehicle autonomy and how we can learn about it before, you know, it rolls out in the next however many years, going to be many years before we have like fully autonomous consumer vehicle fleets, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm personally, I'm all for, for those retail applications, the, the online shopping to, to my phone and the, uh, the, the relevant ads based on uh, what, what else I've been uh, already looking at. Um, yeah, it goes down very well, that's for sure. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned as well, um, collaboration from TIP. Um, where, what do you sort of see them as at the moment and sort of the kind of state of play with, with TIP and, and other organizations such as, uh, as those guys? Yeah, so I was recently asked to join the TIP Diversity Council, um, which I think is an extremely important piece of what we're doing, right? Not just the technology piece, but also making sure that we're collaborating as an industry to um, 
be diverse and get the best talent, which includes making sure that that we have diversity. So when I look at organizations that bring different companies together to collaborate, um, TIP is obviously top of mind. And then this, this extra arm of making sure that we're not only building the right technology together and open, but we're also building the right technology with the right people by bringing in diverse talent is extremely important. Definitely, definitely. And, and more on diversity later, um, that, that's for sure. Um, one final question on the present. Um, I, I've got to ask, how did uh, the, the TikTok or, or Tech Talk, um, should I say, how, how did that come about? Yeah, about two years ago, we were, you know, head into this pandemic and we used to have a team like WhatsApp chat and um one of the executives at the time was like joking about, I wonder if someone could like tick because his kids were all into it. And he was like, I wonder if someone could like TikTok about like tech stuff. And I was like, I'll take that challenge, right? Like that sounds fun. So my first TikTok was like a 4G to LTE to 5G kind of like synopsis. I don't know. I have to like pull it up, but it was pretty funny. And um, people really liked it. Um, they say that when you're on social, you've got seven seconds to capture someone's attention. And I can do a lot. I can tell a story on, on TikTok in seven seconds. And I think too, when I post them on LinkedIn, which is, I don't share a lot of the technical ones on TikTok. I just use it as a creation platform. Um, people are like, what is this girl doing? Why is there a TikTok on LinkedIn? And it gets people to stop, stop their scroll. And I think it's, I just think it's super, super fun and engaging and different, which is so incredibly important when you talk about marketing, like how are you going to stand out, right? Um, and if I can teach you about Open RAN in a TikTok, like maybe you'll stick around and learn about Open RAN, right? Versus, versus a white paper that's, you know, I don't know, 10, 20 pages long, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Again, all for for the shorter the shorter content and and getting that story across, as you say, um, as succinctly as possible. Um, there for for sure. Uh, and thank you for that. Um, and I'll hand back over to Alistair, and that leads us nicely into the future. Fantastic. Cheers, Dan. Um, so starting off with a bit of a loaded question, but um, what do you think that the future holds for yourself? For myself, um, I would love to really. I mean, I. I love what I do today. Like this is like building on, you know, a dream for me to be able to take my technical expertise and kind of translate it so that people who maybe aren't as technical can understand exactly what we're talking about. Cause we can have all these conversations in the background about all this technology, but my job is to really say, like, what does that mean for the world? Like, what does that really mean? So for me in the future, I'd love to be able to be working on the latest and greatest technology, understand what's coming and be able to bring it to the market in a really easy, digestible way that everyone can understand, like working with the office of the CTO and 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 bringing that, that really deep technical um, knowledge to the forefront. Like I see that as sort of my future and and where I want to go. I'm not sure if it'll be in telecommunications forever, but one thing that's really cool about being in telecommunications is that the back backbone of everything. You can't, we could to be on this call right now if it wasn't for telecommunications companies, right? And people forget that. My boss said this once, until it breaks. Then they remember 
who their communication service provider is, right? When, <laughs> when it's broken, they're like, hmm, okay, who do I call? But but you forget, like, could you imagine if we went through a pandemic without connection? What are you going to do, hang out and, you know, word all day? I don't know, right? Um, so really like having this telecommunications backbone, which I know is what's going to propel the future of, of everything that's built is, is so important. Fantastic. Um, so how do you view the industry and how do you think that will change in the coming years? Um, so I think that when I look at the industry, um, I, I see it as, as a place that, you know, will become more diverse as, as things progress. Um, I think that a lot of people, and this is one thing I learned being in the industry for so long, especially working at a telecommunications company, people tend to start there and retire there, which isn't the norm anymore. But in telecommunications, it's not abnormal. Like there were a lot of people that had 20, 30, 40 years of service, and they had started right out of high school or right out of college. And because those people may end up retiring in the future, it's going to bring a new wave of talent in. So I see, um, you know, more um, certificate programs, sort of like there are a lot of cloud certificate programs out there. I'd love to see more um, communications and, and 5G and 6G and Wi-Fi 6, whatever um, certifications out there to bring people into the industry and get, you know, a younger generation involved because I don't think it has the coolness factor that things like cloud does for younger generations, but I think it is as cool. So I would say this is like, where do I see it? This is my hope on where it will be, right? And that um, we we bring back the coolness that um, CSPs bring to the market and help people understand how awesome a career in this industry can be. Yeah, definitely. So you kind of maybe briefly touched on it there, but what, what do you think that the next big thing within the industry will be technology-wise? What do I think the next big thing in the industry will be? I mean, I think it, 5G is is really a journey. So I, I think that it's going to be building on these applications within 5G and 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 maybe within you know LTE and, and deploying this stuff to the enterprise. Obviously, it's it's happening today. I'm not saying it's not happening today, but the more we build right for not only the enterprise but also consumer, that's sort of where I see the technology going. I see things becoming more open. I mean, they have to be. Because previously it was all about you and I and our and our cell phone, right? You need X amount of server, you need X amount of storage, you need whatever to run that. But now the applications are so much more um, specialized and custom that keeping that open network is going to be extremely important because you've got to build the best technology for the application that you want to um, enable. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you for kind of giving your insights on all things past, present, and future um so our next section is something that we definitely were very keen to talk to yourself specifically about so i'm going to pass you over to dan to talk a little bit more about diversity brilliant so uh, you're obviously a big advocate on diversity um uh, and you've already mentioned being part of the diversity committee for for tip um how do you see diversity in the industry at the moment um i think as in every piece of tech we still have a lot of work to do. At Dell Technologies, we have some big goals around it. And I know a lot of other companies have big goals around it as well. Um, 
And it's really important that we continue to move forward with those goals. And, you know, one thing that I had mentioned a few minutes ago is that it's really important, especially in telecommunications, to bring that coolness factor and help people really understand that telecommunications and communications, you know, the network, if you will, is really the thing that propels all of this cool technology, you know, things like AI and ML and, and all this stuff forward, because without a network, none of it would, would exist. So making sure that we're getting that message out there and getting all sorts of talent interested in communications is so incredibly important. Absolutely. Uh, and how do you think it could be addressed in terms of bringing perhaps bringing new talent, uh, bringing that new diverse talent into the industry or, or what sort of other um, factors to, to help um, that diversity? I think, you know, certificate programs would be amazing to get people interested without having to go and major in telecommunications, right? Or communications, or maybe someone, you know, went and majored in something different and now wants to learn about it. The having certificates and, and, um, Availability for like smaller chunks would be mm-hmm. really important and, and key for, for getting people interested. What TIP is doing is so incredibly key to bring all these, all these together. I'm actually leading the grow talent stream within the diversity council so that we can work on one, what, what we can do to bring in just kicked off last week, what we can do to help bring in more diverse talent and get more people interested. Um, and I think too, you know, one thing that that Dell did recently was we did a webinar with women who are work at Dell but don't have a technical background, and helping people understand that to work in communications or high tech, you don't have to know how to code, um, you don't have to be an engineer. There are a lot of really amazing jobs that don't require that. You can learn it. Like once you're in, you can learn it, and it's amazing. But it's not a requirement. And I always say, like, I'm the worst. Um, I'm the. I, I I say that, and then I'm the one that like I have an engineering background, and I I learned how to code, right? And and that's okay. Like you can have that too. But I think it's really important that everyone everyone realize you don't have to be an engineer to work in tech and work in telecommunications. And if you're interested in it, cool, get a job doing something where you don't need a technical background in a tech career and learn more once you're there. And maybe you'll move into a more technical role or you won't if it doesn't interest you, right? But yeah. No, definitely, definitely. And I, I think that kind of uh, see it to believe it uh, as well, kind of seeing seeing um, other female leaders or other diverse leaders in in positions um, and being able to to use that 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 position to to give advice to to others as well is is so important. And um I, I noticed that you've recently published your your third um part of of tips from the top and and have previously done um a guide for women in tech as well. how How were they received by by the industry and kind of what was the the, the thoughts behind that? Yeah, um so I co-author um, with a woman, actually, her name is Sabrina. Um, she found me on LinkedIn. I'd done a women in, in tech event and she messaged me and was like, what are you doing? I'd love to learn about it. And I was pretty sure she was trying to sell me something, but she really <laughs> just wanted to chat. And um, out of it came um, our first guide, which was um, called like Unwritten Rules for Women in Tech. And uh, we had a big section on what, what I 
coined with Sabrina as the art of the subtle brag, which is learning how to share your accomplishments. I talked about earlier, like I was so bad at sharing my goals and my accomplishments. So learning how to do that. Um, and now we do workshops on it. We've done them for like, I don't know, five or six fortune 50 companies at this point. And all of it is, um, all of it's free. Our guides are completely ungated and they're free. Um, this is like a passion project for both of us. All the workshops um, are free as well. And it's just been so incredibly important for us. So we published that, that first guide. Um, and then we, we had a lot of people say like, I'd love to give my insight. And so we published something we call tips from the top, which we took like over 20 leaders at various companies, um, some in tech, some not, and grab their top three tips. And then um, we, we had more leaders come to us and say, God, I'd love to be included. And so we published our second tip from the top, tip from the top last week. Um, and it's just been amazing. I think we've had like almost 20,000 downloads on these three guides and we've not spent any money on promotion. Like I said, they're completely free and ungated. And it's just been a great way for us to give, give back really and inspire um, diversity to come into the industry and grow once they're here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's certainly been a, a big journey and you've been in the industry for, for some time now as well. How would you say you've seen kind of diversity change and, and kind of progress, if, if that's the right word, um, throughout your, your time? Um, yeah, I would say I've definitely seen, um, you know, more diverse talent come into the industry, which is incredibly important. Um I've seen, uh, you know, I've seen committees form. I've seen one big thing is like, you know, these corporations setting goals for hiring diverse talent, right? That's super key as well. So I think it's really important that that continues and that we continue to set goals and that we continue to work towards those goals. That's extremely important too. I don't, I'm not going to say like, oh, when I started 20 years ago, there were no goals. I'm sure there were, um, but I don't remember them. And now they're just extremely public, which is key. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And as you said, it's about that kind of discussion and being so open with those. I think it just helps promote that awareness for, for everybody um, in the industry um, there as well. And um, thank you so much. It's, it's a, certainly a topic we could discuss for hours. It, it's a really complex subject as well and, and definitely really important to, to keep discussing it um, there too. Um, I'm going to hand over to, uh, to Alistair now. Fantastic. Well, yeah. So, you know, it's great getting those views on, on diversity and, and thank you for that. Um, so one thing that we like to ask all of the people that come on the podcast is what would your perfect weekend be? My perfect weekend? Um, probably sleeping in. I love to sleep in. I'm not, I'm not a morning person. I do my best work late at night. Um, time with my child, nice workout in the morning. Um, relaxation. I'm a, I'm a closet introvert. I say people like think I'm so extroverted because I, I put myself out there on social a lot, but really like my best, my best ideas. And I work, I've worked remotely for a really, really, really long time. And my best ideas come from that. So I would say like, kind of like time to recharge and then a really nice dinner, um, outside overlooking the water would be great. A nice bike ride, um, 
yeah, that's kind of like where I see my perfect weekend is relaxation, great food, sleeping in and activity, like being active. Fantastic. Yeah. Just recharging for the next week. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely, yeah. Definitely I don't fantastic. dread Sundays though. I'll say that everyone's like, Oh, I have Monday scary. It's <laughs> I, I mean, that's a great tip. Like love what you do because you don't, yeah. don't freak out when you like, Oh, I have to go back to work. It's cool. Got it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, so we're going to go straight back to Dan now for a quick fire round. Perfect. We may know the answer to some of these already um, based on, on what you've said just now, but we'll uh, we'll go through um, and go from there. So uh, mountain peaks or bright white beach? Bright white beach. Box set and a takeaway or fine dining? Box and a takeaway, I think. A sports car or camper van? Camper van. Netflix or Disney Plus? Disney Plus. Espresso or latte? I don't drink coffee. Oh, I don't believe <laughs> that. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> no caffeine for me. Fair enough. You Could you so imagine me on it. caffeine? Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> no. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, bath or shower? Shower. Pizza or burger? Both. <laughs> uh, plane or train? Plane. Uh, cake or donuts? Donuts. Super. Uh, and that's the end of those. So um, thank you. Great to get some more insight on yourself. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I'm amazed that you don't drink coffee. Um, and to, to have that much energy, um, what, what certainly looks like all of the time, um, it is very impressive. And um, yeah, I think me or Alistair could take a thing or two from that for sure. Um, so passing back over to uh, to Alistair for our final question. Fantastic. So the last question that we have for you really is what piece of advice would you give to somebody that would be entering the industry? Um, share your goals. I mean, I started with that. I'll end with that. It was my biggest um, mistake in the beginning, I'll say, is that I knew what I wanted and I told no one. I thought that my boss would just know, like, obviously, if I work hard, I want this kind of growth. And they're not mind readers. Always, always share what you want. It's super scary. I get that. But you've also got to share your accomplishments because your managers are busy and they're not always paying attention to everything that you're doing. So learn how to subtly brag and share what you're doing because that is how you're going to, that's how you're going to grow. And it's okay. Like if you're like happy where you are and you're like, I don't want a promotion, I don't want growth, that's amazing too. Don't feel like you have to want to climb to the top. That's that's fine. There's so many people that are so amazing at their job and really happy. And that's okay because if if going to the next level is going to cause you stress and make you unhappy, don't do that either. But sharing your goals and sharing your accomplishments is how you're going to grow. Fantastic. Super. Well, thank you for your thank you so much for your time, Gillian. Um it's been great to hear your thoughts and insight. Um, and a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people. For more information about NUCO, we can be found at www.neuco-group.com. You've been listening to The Tech That Connects Us.